Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Today I want to, you know, I've, I've been anxious. You know, God messes with me sometimes. He'll give me some stuff, and, and it's like I'm anxious to get to that. He already has us in, in, in a really great sermon and, 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 and all of that stuff with alter ego. But right in the middle of it, he'll send me something else he wants. He thinks that I should share with you all, uh, even if it's just from conversations with you all. And so he, he had me wrestling with this word about dreamers. And, and, and right in the middle of alter ego, I was anxious to move on to that series because as, I, as God was giving me this message about dreamers, he began to send me dreamers. People speaking to me, man, I mean, I have this dream that, you know, that I want to do this and that. And I know it's a God-given dream, but it just is not working. And, you know, people saying, man, I, you know, and I, I see people that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I'm like, man, how's that business you were going to do uh, going? And how's everything going? And like, man, you know, I just had to put that on the back burner because it's not the right season. Or I didn't have the resources or, or I don't know what I was thinking. That's just too big of a thing. And it's, it's been, it was a constant thing over the past two weeks where people were sharing with me dreams that they've given up on, people feeling hopeless or helpless because their dream had not come to pass. And it just really was, re- and then it began to even affect me. As I looked, and my wife this year will be 40 years old, and I'll be 40 uh, next year. You know, you begin to, yeah, right. <laughs> you begin to take inventory, and you begin to look over your life and see, have I accomplished at least a quarter of what I I wanted to accomplish? Am I all that people said I would be at this age? That prophetess who laid hands on me, was her prophecy accurate? And my wife and I had some really great conversations about that. It's like, wow, baby, I can't believe it. You know, you're going to be 40, I'll be 40. And, you know, in, in, in all, how do you think, you know, life has been for you? And, you know, we had this conversation. I'm like, man, I think I think I missed the mark sometimes. Uh, I certainly had a different vision for how I would be or what my life would be like, you know, depending on what part of my life, you know. If you asked me in the 90s, I thought for sure I was going to be the next big thing to come off of Tommy Boy Records. You know, I, had, I was a hip-hop guy. Then you asked me, you know, uh, toward the end of graduation in high school, I thought for sure that my boy band called Invitation Only, that we were going to be the next boys to men or color me bad. I mean, Depending on when you ask me, you know, there was one point I thought I was going to be this amazing all-star, rock star, real estate agent. I'm going to open up my own real estate brokerage. We're going to take Atlanta by storm. And that obviously didn't happen. And it, there was one point where I thought, man, as a musician, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create, create the first Grammy Award winning album featuring me on congas with my original poetry. And now here I am, I'm like, 
Pastor was nowhere on <laughs> that list. Pastor was nowhere in that dream. The amazing thing about dreams, there are, there are, there are categories of dreams, right? There, there, there are daydreams. You all know what daydreams are. A lot of us do that where, you know, in the, during the middle of the day, we, we just take some time and kind of fantasize about, you know, where we want to be in life or what we want to do. You know, it's, it's, it's that thing like, uh, you know, I want, I, I want to do something amazing. And, and the thing with daydreams is that they can happen. The likelihood of them happening in many cases is, requires a lot of work, some resources, and some discipline. But daydreams... They can happen, but many cases they don't. Then there's pipe dreams. There's pipe dreams like, 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 like Jared wanting to be an MMA fighter. You know, he told me that one day. And, and I'm like, ain't going to happen. Ain't, ain't going to happen. That's just never going to happen. You can fight, but MMA, it's not going to happen. Th- those are things, the pipe dreams are those dreams you have. You know, like some of y'all thought you'd be an amazing all-star athlete. Right. And, and, you know, you can't really, you, you know, you get out on the court, especially basketball, you on it for five minutes and you worn out. Yeah, th- those are pipe dreams. They're never going to happen. You're not going to play for the Atlanta Hawks or the New York Knicks or whoever your team is. Those are pipe dreams. Those are things that you wish one day could happen. But, you know, and I know and your mom and them know and your friends know it'll never happen. Then there are those dreams they call um, scary dreams. Those dreams are really like terrible. I have a reoccurring uh, scary dream that happened since I was a kid where somebody is chasing me. And now in real life, I'm pretty fast. I can run fast. But in my dream, I'm giving it all I got. But for some reason, I'm going like in slow motion all the time. Am I the only one that has that kind of scary dream? My wife, she has scary dreams. Don't tell her I told y'all this. If, if, if she comes back and say this, I'll know somebody in here told, all right? Don't tell her. My wife has scary dreams, right? And she'll deny it, trust me. But she'll have scary dreams, and I'm, I'm a light sleeper. And she'll have scary dreams, and all of a sudden, you know, the house is quiet. And you're like, what, what are you doing? Just jumping. What's wrong? You all right? You're breathing? I'm checking her pulses. It's scary. She makes these weird noises, but that's how I know she's having scary dreams. I was like, baby, you know, you were talking crazy in your sleep. Scary dreams. Those are not the dreams I want to talk to you all about today. Today, I want to talk to you all about your God-given dreams. And what I want to do is use the story of Joseph to set this up. Many of you, and, and please forgive me if I insult your biblical intelligence, many of you uh, may be familiar with the story of Joseph, right? An amazing story, and we're going to talk about that. If you're familiar with Old Testament and, and, and with dreams, they require faith. That's the first thing we've got to understand. To accomplish the dreams that God has set forth for you, the biggest thing it requires is not money, it's not time, it's not any of those resources. It's faith. Any of those dreams, they should seem impossible. They should seem unattainable because it requires faith. If it's like something easy you can do, it may not be a God-given dream. I mean, because if you could do it on your own, then where does God fit in, right? If we read the Old Testament, let me give you some examples of great faith. If you, if you understand in the Old Testament in Genesis 5, Enoch, Enoch shows the walk of faith. The story of Enoch in Genesis 5 shows a walk 
with faith. If you jump over to Genesis 6 and 7, Noah, I would say, shows the perseverance of faith. Noah represents the perseverance of faith. And, and if you jump over a little bit more to Genesis 12, I would say that Abraham exhibits the obedience of faith. I'm not going to jump into detail with these stories, but I'm sharing these. I, I, want, I want you to just kind of, I want to set this up. Abraham would show the obedience of faith. And if we go over to Genesis 27, Isaac would represent the power of faith. Isaac would represent the power of faith. Then there's Jacob. And I would say Jacob would, would show the discipline of faith. Jacob was very disciplined. But if we're drawing conclusions like this, then I would say, to sum it up, that Joseph represents the triumph of faith. What it means, what could happen if you exercised great faith. If you're taking notes, let's jump right into this word here. You'll find it in Genesis 37, verses 5 through 9. The Word of God reads this. One night while Joseph had a dream, and when he told his one night Joseph had a dream, And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. And suddenly my bundles stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so wise guy, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think? You will reign over us. And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed low before me. Let me set this up. If you're not familiar, and I don't want to insult your biblical intelligence, Joseph was already hated by his brothers. He was the second to the youngest. He was born from a woman that, that his father actually wanted to be with in the first place, Rachel. He was digging Rachel. He actually asked Rachel's father for her hand in marriage, but her father, you know, gave his sister, gave, her, gave him her sister. And so uh, he really wanted her. Finally, in her old age, number one, and in his old age, she bore Joseph. So he was a happy man. He's like, yes, finally, my boy from the woman I actually wanted and at my old age. So he favored him. And so his father made him this nice little robe, and it was, I mean, it was like setting him apart in front of his, uh, his other brothers. So they hated him. Why is he getting all this attention? Who is he? We work hard, and he doesn't even work as hard as us. Why is he getting all this attention? So they already hated him. Then he comes saying, I had this dream that one day y'all are going to bow before me. But wait, it gets better. So is mom and dad. I'm going to rule over all of this. Now, that may not make sense to you, so let me make it uh, uh, current for you. Imagine if you have younger siblings or even older ones coming to you saying, one day, this is real life. I want you all to really imagine this. One day, I'm going to rule over you. 
Now, we live in America, so I can't be your king, but one day I'm going to be your president. One day I'm going to start a company and you're going to work for me. Now, some of y'all are laughing because you're thinking about your siblings like, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you're going to play the lotto, and even then I wouldn't work for you. I think about mine whom I love dearly, and it's like they're capable of running their own business. I just don't ever see them running a business where I work for them. But if that's the dream that God gave them, what can I say? And God gave Joseph this dream, and he tells his siblings. And they're like, yo, we already hate this dude. Now he's coming with his pompous behind, with his nice robe, telling us he's going to be our king. Let me give you six points about dreams, what's going to happen when God gives you a dream. These are six points I want you to take down when God gives you a dream to be aware of, be prepared for, and understand. The first thing I want you to realize about dreams is that God starts with dreamers. If we read through the Old Testament and the New Testament, great revelation happened for many biblical figures through dreams first. Sometimes it wasn't always good news. Sometimes it was like a, uh, I'm about to lose my entire kingdom. I saw it in the dream. Is it true? Uh, sometimes it was a famine coming in your dream. Other times it was some great things getting ready to happen. You are about to take over a land that I have promised you. God gave dreamers great dreams. He gave a man that we know who's no longer with us a dream many years ago, and he didn't live long enough to see it become a reality. And that man was the great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King who shared it publicly. I have a dream. And you notice what happened when he shared that dream, people got nervous and they made some very bad decisions. And Dr. King, unfortunately, never lived long enough to see the reality of that dream where today we have an African-American president in office. Now, I don't care how you feel about him. The fact is he's there. And there was a time where there wouldn't have been even an option for you to even vote for that to happen. And he's there now. God starts with dreamers. When God is getting ready to do some amazing, he starts with dreamers. That's your first point. The second point I want you to get in your spirit is that God's dreams for you are big. Now, when you write big, I want you to write that with all caps. Because it's not little big, it's real big. It's bigger than you think. As I started off earlier talking about my dreams uh, and where I thought I would be, this is big, being a pastor. This is scary. This is bigger than I ever thought. I never thought I was smart enough to be a leader like this. I never thought that, that, that I was capable enough to be a leader like this. But I have a confession. Before I was even a pastor, I often had dreams that I would speak in front of large crowds. I really did. And as a little boy, people in the community always said, that boy going to be somebody. That boy is a leader. They'd tell my grandma, Miss Olivia, that boy you got right there, he's a leader. He's, he's going to be somebody. Never knew what that meant. 
I thought that playing on the Atlanta Jazz Festival stage on the main stage was a big deal. I thought that touring around the world and playing on stage and sharing stage with, with, with Grammy award-winning artists was a big deal. I thought that was it, baby. That was my big. I did it. I made it. I thought that speaking in front of a group of young men as their mentor was the big that God had for me. But I realize now that that totally wasn't it. That dream that I had where I spoke in front of large crowds, it's, it's, it, it was much bigger than I could even fathom. Never, ever did I think I would be a pastor. Wow. Speaking on behalf of God. I hated everything that had to do with God. But that was his plan for me, to speak on his behalf. God's dreams for you are big, all caps. Imagine Joseph at age 17 having this dream. It was so bizarre that he couldn't keep it to himself. I bet you he fought with himself. Should I tell somebody? This is crazy. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you have a dream one night, and it's like, oh, that was a crazy dream. But when it repeats, you're just like, something's happening. When you have the similar dream like the next night, you're like, something's going on. Don't let it be a third night. You're calling everybody. Girl, I had this dream the other day. Man, you can't believe this dream I had. It's crazy. I might need some help. This is some crazy stuff. So imagine Joseph, age 17. Immature, having this dream that he's going to be king over his own family. He's going to be king and ruler over his mama and daddy them. And he's like, whoa, I'm only 17. Are you crazy, God? This is crazy. And I can imagine at that time Joseph thinking only that he would be ruler over maybe one of his father's best flocks. Because that dream was so big, it couldn't have meant that he was going to be a prime minister. It couldn't have meant that he was going to be the uh, second biggest person in charge after Pharaoh. Can you imagine that at 17, God giving you that dream? God's dreams for you are big. Third thing I want you to get in your spirit, and this is, this is one I really want you to hold on to, because this is where the shift changes. This is when people put put their, their, their dream on the, on the shelf. This is when we give up. God gives you the dream, but he doesn't give the details. God gives you the dream, but he doesn't give you the details. He told Joseph, you're going to be a, a, a ruler over the, the, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars, which represented his siblings. You, you're you're going to be uh, the ruler over so many things, but, but, but I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to make it happen. Here's what happens with us. God gives you a dream, right? God says, Dorothy, you're going to write the next Broadway show. It's in you. You've dreamt about it. You're going to be on that stage. People are going to be singing and signing and waiting for you behind stage. It's just going to be amazing. He gives you this dream, but you look at your current situation and say, nah, that was a really good fantasy dream. That can't possibly be real. What happens is God gives a dream, and we look at where we are now. And because of that, we become paralyzed by our current circumstances or our current situation and believe that it's impossible. It's not going to happen. There are no details. How is it going to happen? 
And many of us get stuck in how is it going to happen? I don't know enough people to even make it to New York. I don't know enough people to even begin to do this thing that God has given me. How in the world is this going to happen? And so we don't pursue it. We don't pursue it. If we understand Scripture here, what happens is when we don't have the details, we get anxious. We're waiting for God to respond. Okay, God, you gave me this dream. What's next? I've been working at this for five, six, seven years. I've graduated from college in the area you wanted me to study that, 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 that ties into the dream you have for me. But, God, uh, it's not happening fast enough. What, what, what's going on here? You become anxious. But the Bible reminds us in Philippians, Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. And so when you get anxious about whatever that dream is. It's not happening fast enough. God is not responding fast enough. You know it's a God-given dream, but it hasn't happened. It's been five, six, 10, 12, 13 years, and nothing has happened. God, are you serious? You, some of y'all have even seen your spouse in your dreams. You've seen your spouse in your dreams. Let me tell you about my dream about my spouse. I had dreamt about her when I gave my life to Christ. I didn't know who she was, but I knew God had sent somebody for me. And, and, and when I finally did meet her, we, in conversation, I discovered that we were in the same place numerous times but never came together. We attended the same functions numerous times but never came together. I have friends in this room who met their soulmate the same way. They were at the same function. Matter of fact, they have pictures where they, they see the other person in the background, right? And it's like we were right there, but it wasn't time for us to Make the connection. And that's the story of my wife. We had been, I had dreamt about her. I knew what she looked like. I knew, I knew how she was. I, I just knew, you know, some people say I have a type. I don't have a type, you know. Some people say I, I don't have a type. My type is the person that God sent me. But I dreamt about her. She was perfect. She was a great mom. She was very educated. You know, she was just everything. We, she liked arts like me. She was perfect. I dreamt about this woman, but I never saw her face in these dreams. And I would go to these Christian functions and, and, and poetry cafes and all of this stuff and go to this single function that, that uh, uh, another church had, uh, North Point Ministries. I would go there faithfully every Wednesday. Never, ever met this woman. And then finally, when it was time for me to meet her, we talked about these things. The funny thing is, she dreamt about me too. funny thing is, God had given her visions of the man for her life. She didn't know he was going to be a musician, but she knew he was God-fearing. He loved family. He cared about people and all of those things. So when we talked, I was like, man, I used to go to that North Point Ministry uh, singles thing every Wednesday, and we never saw each other. Oh, I was at the Christian Cafe, too. I, was at, I did poetry. And she's like, yeah, I remember. I thought you were really cute, but I didn't say anything to you. We were right there. My dream was right there, but I wasn't ready, and neither was she. And some, some people uh, can share the same thing. God gives you the dream, but not the details. Here's a problem. Because we don't have the details, many of us do this. Dream. Got it. What did I just do? 
Huh? Dream. Got it. And you know what happens in this space that I just jumped over? Process. Process. And when we do this right here, dream. You might trip and fall on your flipping face and give up on the dream. Why? Because you skipped steps, required steps. The process is part of the steps. Here's what happens. When your dream doesn't happen, you skip those steps, you take that leap, and everything fails, you give up. Because you leaped into something that God said you were only required to take the next step. God says just take the next step. And whatever your dream is now, God is saying just take the next step. The next step could be a business plan. Step. The next step could be attending network functions. Step. The next step could be calling your Rolodex of people saying, hey, I got this business idea. I know it sounds crazy, but I believe God is calling me to do it. Step. The next step could be filling out the college application and going back to school. Step. The next step could be anything. All you have to do is just take the next step. Well, I don't know what that step is. Well, just keep on moving. Keep on moving. No matter what the next step is, if you've got a dream, keep on doing it. Write the plan. Write the vision. Write your business plan. Share it with people that will hold you accountable. Pray about it every single day. Take the next step. Don't skip the process and try to leap because you'll land up on your butt or your face or something to get broke. Amen? All right. All right. Fourth thing I want you to get and understand is you will face adversity pursuing your dreams. Let me say that with authority. You will, not you might, not you, 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 could, you could bypass adversity. No, no, no. You will face adversity pursuing your dreams. Let me tell you a little bit about what happened with Joseph. First thing I want to tell you that when Joseph had the dream, he was 17 years old. 17 years old when he had the dream. He shared it with his brothers, right? They were gunning for him. They couldn't stand him. This rascal think he's going to be ruling over us and mom and dad. Oh, he's an arrogant so-and-so. Dad gave him this new robe, and he think he's running things now. This fool, this crazy person. So here's what happened, and I'm just going to skip through this real fast. His brothers were going to kill him, but one brother spoke up for him. Right. And they decided we're not going to kill him. We're just going to throw him in this little uh, barrel and, and just send him off. And then we'll pretend that he's dead. So he's sent off. He's sold into slavery. OK, so but this is how, how wonderful God is. God was in his life. God had his hand in his life because it was a God given dream. He sold into slavery. Right. So while he's held captive, he begins to work for the, the, the chief captain of the guard for Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh's the king of this area, this land, and he works for the chief captain of Pharaoh's guard. OK, so he's working for him. He he's doing such a good job as his servant that 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 that, that Potiphar, the, the captain of the guard, promotes him. He says, man, you do such a good job, man. I want to promote you to just kind of run all my business. I want you to take control over all my assets because you do such a great job. 
And so Joseph did that job very proud and honored. But then all of a sudden, he was doing it so well, and he was left alone a few times with Potiphar's wife. And she began to look at him like, man, this young man is fine, young stallion. My old man Potiphar out there working all the time. I'm feeling a little funny. And so she asked Joseph, Joseph, you know you want some of this, baby? Come get some. And Joseph is a man of integrity. And he says, no, I'm not going to do it. She's like, you know you want one. Reached for him, tried to rape the man, a woman trying to rape a man, young man. Reached for him, grabbed his cloak. He ran away. So what did she do? She lied, told her husband Potiphar, you know this young servant Joseph you got working here? Yeah, he tried to take my cookies. He tried to take advantage of me. Potiphar, what? Why would my wife lie? Into the jail you go. So he sends Joseph to jail. Joseph is in jail. He finds favor with the warden of the prison. The warden of the prison says, man, I like you, man. Tell you what, I want to promote you even in the prison. I want you to be like over this area in the prison. You're the man. I love you. And so what happens is uh, 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 Pharaoh's cupbearer and his chief chef pissed him off. And so Pharaoh sent them to prison. And while the chief cupbearer was in prison and, 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 and the chief chef was in prison, they encountered Joseph. And they were having these crazy dreams. And Joseph's like, well, you know, I, I, I actually can interpret dreams through God. So what's, what's the deal? And so they share their dream with Joseph. Joseph interprets it. Uh, the chief cupbearer's dream was favorable. Uh, the chief chef's dream was not so favorable. He was going to get killed. And so, but Joseph spoke the truth, and exactly what Joseph told them happened. But Joseph told the cupbearer this. He said, listen, now I'm, I'm hooking you up with these dream interpretations. When you get out this joint, just tell Pharaoh about me. I mean, everything's good in here, I'm, but I'm imprisoned. They don't treat me wrong. I get the best of the best because I'm, I have status here, but I need to get out. So when you go back, tell Pharaoh about me. What do y'all think the cupbearer did? He was free. I'm free. Hallelujah. Forgot all about Joseph. Now, remember, this whole time Joseph is sitting in prison, this whole time Joseph is going through all of this, y'all know he has some moments where he was alone and thought, man, God, you gave me this dream when I was 17, and now I'm going through all of this ish. When, when are you going to show up, man? You gave me this dream uh, more than once. I shared it, and now I'm going through this. I've been in prison. I've been lied on. I've been promoted and then demoted. I've been trusted and then taken away from responsibilities. God, when are you going to show up? And then I interpret the dreams of this fool, and he don't have the kindness to even share what I did with him with Pharaoh. And so because of it, guess what happens? Joseph serves Two more years in prison. Until one day, old Pharaoh, he had some dreams. And he didn't understand those dreams. And his cupbearer was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, my goodness. Pharaoh, I failed you. I know a guy that's been sitting in prison for two years, and I promised him something. I promised him that I would tell him, tell you about him. He interpreted my dreams, and they came true. He said that I would be freed on the third day, and I'm freed. He said that you would kill the chief chef, and you, you did that. So you should talk to this guy. And so he did. 
Pharaoh talks to Joseph. Joseph is freed, and we'll get more to the story. The bottom line is you will face adversity. Don't let adversity paralyze you from pursuing your dreams. While you're on the road to the pursuit of happiness, while you're on the road to the pursuit of your dreams, your God-given dreams, don't let adversity paralyze you. What happens is we're on pursuit. We're lally-gagging. We're on the yellow brick road off to see the wizard doing our thing. Hey, everything's good. Life's a party. Then all of a sudden, oh, my goodness, there's a pothole. Let me just turn around. Because if there's one pothole, that means there's another pothole. That means there's another pothole. That means there's another pothole. There's another pothole. I don't want to keep dealing with potholes, so I'm just going to not even go that way. Let me find another way to get to this dream. What happened with adversity is that Joseph never let adversity harden his character. Neither did he allow it to paralyze his dream. He remained faithful to God the entire time. He didn't complain. At least they didn't write about it in the Bible. He may have complained. He may have given someone the finger. He may have spit, you know, punched a wall or something. I don't know. They didn't write about it. But I do know this. If I believe everything the Bible says, he didn't harden his character. He remained a man of great integrity. He withstood all of this muck that he was in, even after serving the two additional years. Here's what I want you all to get in your spirit. Because I got some dreamers in here. I know because I've talked to you. I know because I know your story. So I want you all to say this with me. I will not allow adversity to paralyze me. Say it with me. I will not allow adversity to paralyze me. I will not allow adversity to paralyze me. Get that in your spirit. Because some of y'all just yesterday, just last week, put your dream on the shelf. Now, your dream doesn't always have to be tied to some great career. It could be tied to healing your marriage. It could be tied to fixing your family. It could be tied to bringing your relationship closer with your child. It could be tied to a better relationship with your siblings. I don't know what you've been dreaming about lately, but whatever it is, don't let adversity get in your way. Some things that could be adversity could be distance. Oh, I want to reach out to my brother or my sister way over there, but I can't, I can't get over there. You can call them. You can Skype them. You can text them. You can daggone send a letter. Whoa. I shocked some of y'all, right? Y'all haven't written a letter in God knows how long. You don't even write on your envelopes when you send your checks out. You probably don't even write on a text because you can do the automatic from your bank account. Write a letter. There's ways to communicate with people. Another one, this is the biggest one, resources, finances. I don't have the money. I want to do this. I want That's my thing. Me and my wife often talk about, you know, I can't wait. You know, we used to be investors in real estate, but we sold everything we had. We, we, we have what we live in now. So it's like, man, I can't wait for us to get back in this real estate game and get some property again and kind of set up a future for our kids. And I'm like, man, I just don't have the money. But that don't stop me from doing the research. That don't stop me from raising the money. That doesn't stop me from getting all the education I can get or even connecting with people I know that can help me along in the process. Adversity could be many things. I can't pursue my dream because I got to work full time. 
and, and, and I got to pay bills, so I can't be doing this thing, this business I want to start, because I got to somehow work on this to pay my bills. And God is saying, take the next step. Trust me, if you just take this step right here, I guarantee once you do that, I'm going to resource you. And then do this again. I'm going to resource you. I'm going to resource you. Resources, resources, resources. Keep on stepping. Eventually, you'll step into your blessing if you just keep on going. Don't leap into it because guess what? Sometimes if we leap, we don't know what's on the other side. We leap, and that could be a manhole right there. Because you skipped the process. You didn't know that if through the process, if you went through the process and just took the next step, the next step, the next step. And guess what happens? This is why we, why we refuse to do that. We're afraid of failing. Can I, can, I, can I share just a short list of failures for you all? Uh, let me see. Michael Jordan, Albert Einstein, Oprah Winfrey. And some of y'all looking like, they failed? They're super successful. They're super successful. No. They failed before they became successful. Albert Einstein wrote many patents before the right one caught on. Michael Jordan was cut from several basketball teams before he made it to become the greatest NFL, uh, NBA player of all time. Oprah Winfrey, man, she didn't get a lot of jobs as an anchor or news person for a long time. She was too black. She was, her weight wasn't right. She just didn't look, she didn't fit what the, 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 the company or industry wanted at the time. And now look at her, first black female billionaire in the world. Somebody can say amen. Somebody can say amen. I don't like Michael Jordan sometimes, but you can't deny his talent. Somebody can say amen. Genesis 39, 21, 23 says this. But the Lord was with Joseph through all this adversity. The Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners and over everything and, 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 and that happened in the prison. The warden had no worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him. That's the part I want you to remember. The Lord was with him. When God gives you a dream, he is with you through adversity, through good times, through bad times, through ebbs and flows of life, God is with you. And if you remember that, you will keep on pursuing your dreams. Fifth thing I want you to get, we're almost there. The fifth thing I want you to get in your spirit is your dream should always be connected to God's purpose. Your dream should always be connected to God's purpose. Your dream shouldn't involve selfish ambition. Your dream should always be connected to God's purpose. Now, I'm not going to have a debate about what uh, Oprah believes in terms of her faith, but I do know this, and that's enough for me. She confesses God frequently. She thanks Jesus frequently. She doesn't take credit for her success. She gives a whole bunch of it to this man called Jesus. Now, if I understand it correct, there was only one Jesus that I'm aware of, and that must be the same Jesus that you and I believe in. So regardless to what the media says and all of these Oprah haters say, I believe that she believes in Jesus enough because she gives him ample credit for what has happened in her life. Your dream should always be connected to God's purpose. Oprah gives so much away, a lot of this material a lot more of it is educational. A lot more of it is needs-based. Do you not think that God is sitting there saying, boy, Oprah, way to go. You said you were going to give a whole bunch of it away if I blessed you, and you're doing exactly it. Way to go. Way to go. 
Way to go. And I believe that God is saying the same thing. If, if we understand Scripture, Genesis 50, it's the final chapter of Genesis. This is where we wrap up the entire story of Joseph. It goes from chapter 37 to verse 50, and here it is, a wrap-up right here. What is this all about? Why did I go through all of this stuff? Because, and Joseph replied, but Joseph replied to his siblings, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for all good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Why did he go through all of that? So that he could save the lives of many people. That may not make sense to you, so let me bring it home. Here's what happens between verse 30, I mean, chapter 37 and 50. Joseph has a dream. He shares the dream. He's in prison because of his dream. He goes through a whole bunch of stuff. He's lied on. He's trusted. He's, he's, he's demoted and promoted. He's going through all this stuff only to become, it took, him, it took him 13 years to realize the dream, by the way. So from age 17, 13 years to realize the dream, right? He becomes prime minister. The only person that Joseph answers to in that position is Pharaoh. Dig this. Even Pharaoh's people have to answer to Joseph. He runs the land. Watch this, where he says, I had to take care of other people. There's a famine in the land. Joseph is required to make sure that everybody eats. Everybody has enough portion to survive. Joseph has to take care of everybody including Pharaoh, including the people that he actually did rule over, his family. They have to actually come to Joseph after they wanted to kill him. Can you hook us up with some grain? I know we had a plan to kill you, but what had happened was the dream that God had for Joseph had God's name on it from the start had his name on it from the start. Joseph didn't realize it until after he was promoted to prime minister. Y'all don't get that. What I'm saying is prime minister would be in those times, although Pharaoh was only a king, he was looked at as a god. So in other words, nobody would had to answer to, 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 to him. Uh, to only person he had to answer to was Pharaoh. He had that much power. From prison, lied on, almost killed, to being ruler over everything. And even the person he has to answer to, making decisions for. The only person he answers to is Pharaoh, but he's making decisions for Pharaoh. He's even running Pharaoh. Did his dream come true? You doggone right it came true. Did it take time? 13 years. 13 years. God gave you a dream yesterday. You tried it two days ago. He gave you a dream two days ago. You tried it yesterday and you quit. God gave you a dream last year to do something. You pursued it for one week. Gave it your very best for one week. Didn't work out. I quit. Because it's all about your timeline. It's all about you. And what I'm trying to get you to understand is we have to trust God way more than we already do.
way more. You have to operate in faith. This church isn't a faith walk for all of us. Any week, <laughs> we cannot have service. Any week. Let two people leave this church, and it's a different story. It's a faith walk. I don't worry about empty seats. I get excited about empty seats because God is about to fill them, not me, not you, not you, not you. God will fill these seats. And if he don't fill the seats, he'll certainly fill the bank account for the person who asked for the rent for this place. <laughs> it's a faith walk like never before. Whatever your dream is, step out. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. Push, push, push. Don't worry about next. Well, I want to do my dream, but I don't know where I'm going to stay. God will find shelter for you. Quit being so doggone picky. To pursue my music career, I had to live with my mama. After moving out at the age of 18, grown man, living in the I'm surprised my wife married me. How'd you? That had to be God. I was broke as a joke, but I was cute. That's all I had to bring to the table. How, how did that happen? How did you move through that? And I'm just going to tell you, my wife wasn't desperate. She's fine and intelligent. Bring the two together, boy, she's a catch. And I know I got game, but it ain't that tight. To pursue my music career, I had to live with my mama. I left a BMW in a fully furnished apartment back in New York. Just quit and said, I'm going to pursue God with reckless and relentless determination. I'm going to go after God with all I got because this is a God-given talent. I know he gave it to me. I didn't take any formal lessons my entire life. I am going to pursue it no matter what. Mom, can I sleep on your couch while I pursue it? And I did it. And now I can say that I've composed for award-winning movies. I can say that I've toured uh, uh, half this nation. I can say that I've composed for Broadway shows. I got cred, street and industry cred. My wife can be a stay-at-home mom because half of what we do is from my gigs. But I stepped out on faith. And in the process, I got a career and a fine woman. Woo! I just freed somebody. Somebody like, man, I'm about to step out and sleep on somebody's couch. You mean I can get a career and a woman? Watch out now. She rolled her eyes like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, <laughs> you can't sleep on your mama's couch. Final thing I want to get for you. This is very important. Beware of dream killers. Beware of dream killers. The Bible records that when Joseph shared this dream he had that God had given him, his brothers were like, here come, he was on his way to deliver a message to his brothers, and his brothers were out there working in the field, and what did they say? They're working so hard, here he comes with his pretty robe, ready to deliver some message. They see him coming. Look, there comes the dreamer. That's what they call him. There comes the dreamer. We should kill him and say that the beast took him out. That's what we'll tell dad. 
we should kill him and say that he was eaten by wild beasts. But thank God for Reuben. I'm not talking about my daddy or my granddaddy because that's their name. But thank God for Reuben. There was a brother amongst the knuckleheads by the name of Reuben who said, no, let's not kill him. Let's just put him in this crate and we'll come back. Let's just put him in a crate and say he's dead. They were like, that's a better idea. Reuben had plans from the very beginning to go back and rescue his brother. So the first thing is beware of dream killers, but you need to identify the Rubens in your life. The Rubens are those people that says, Jasmine, remember that thing you were telling me about last year? Where you at with it? Have you started the business? Greg, remember what you were talking about doing? Huh? How close are you to getting there? Jared, have you looked at the next step? How's the website coming? Who you hanging with? How many people did you call this week? That's the Reuben in your life. The Reuben is the person that comes to you and you're like, man, this is so frustrating. I know, man, I'm not sure that God gave me this dream. And the Reuben is the person that says, are you crazy? Yes, he gave you the dream. When did you stop praying? And the first thing they do is say, let's pray. Okay, now that we're praying, what's the next step? What have you done? Let me see your notes for what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, cool. This is what you're missing. All you're missing is the D. You went A, B, E. You skipped the D. Now, just put the D in there. You'll feel much better about this process. Then you put the D back in there. That's your Reuben, the person that helps you with other eyes see what you're missing. They're your missing link. They're your cheerleader. They're your go, go, go person. They're the person that kicks you in the tail when you're laying on the couch when you should be doing some research. They're the person that drives in their car to take you to the interview because you don't have your own transportation. They're the person that lets you sleep on their couch while you're trying to pursue the God-given dream that he has for you. They're the person that shares their resources with you, not just in the form of finances, but their sphere of influence. The Reuben is the person that knocks the killers away so that you can pursue your God-given dream. Beware of dream killers, but identify your Rubens. Because if you are aware of the dream killers, but you don't have a Reuben helping you knock them out, then you're going to get killed. Your dream will get killed by you. By you. Six points real quick. Recap, we're done. Number one, out of the six things you should know, God starts with dreamers. Number two, God's dreams for you are big, all caps, big. Three, God gives the dreams, but not the details. Four, you will face adversity pursuing your dreams. Five, your dreams should always be connected to God's purpose. And finally, number six, beware of dream killers. 
Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.